And that's Journey, Any Way You Want It, one of my favorite songs of all time. And uh, when you're handicapping, you can't have it any way you want it. You've got to be able to do the work. I had a, a good friend of mine and a partner in, in the Racing with Bruno Bloodstock call me, and he was asking me questions about statistics and, and trainers. And I told him, and my, my advice to him was immediately, Stop looking at stats. Because when you're looking at stats, you're looking at the horse. You've heard me say that a number of times before. When you're looking at your stopwatch, you're not looking at the horse. When you're looking at stats and looking at a trainer, you're failing to look at at a horse. And yesterday, we had a terrific day at Churchill Downs. Um, We had a number of the winners. But the biggest thing that that I did for Saturday's card was look at the conditions of the race. And, for example, in race race three, we love the horse named Carrier Landing for Jason Barkley, who's gotten off to a really good start. Corey Landing was riding from the one hole. I looked at the conditions of the race. For three-year-olds, which have started for a claiming price of 50000 or less, and which have never won a race other than maiden or claiming. Well, there's also a parenthesis that says races where horses entered for 40000 or less are not considered in allowances. So meaning that carrier landing could carry 120 like most of the horses in the field. And he's a three-time winner. He's a three-time winner in a field of seven of non-winners of two lifetime. That means that Carrier Landing had three wins for 15000 and 16000 at Fairgrounds and Churchill Downs. Claimed both times, once from, from Joe, by Eddie Keneally from Joe Sharp. Um, and then Jason Barkley took him off of Eddie Keneally. That was a very astute claim, and to put him in the spot was a very astute placing. You can look at Jason Barkley. He's a 13% trainer. People wouldn't pay a whole lot of attention on it statistic-wise, but in this spot, a three-time winner was facing Smile Brian, who won for a $50,000 main claiming, got beat for starter allowance, 50s, non-winners of two, the time before. Tom Tom's last general, who had won one race out of nine starts, had broken his maiden second time out at Indiana Downs at five furlongs on the grass. You had Golden Tiger that broke his maiden for fifty last time out. You had a lot of horses. The entire field had not beaten winners. Carrier landing had. Nine dollars and eighty cents later made it look easy. But Carrier Landing had beaten winners, including open winners, uh, open three-year-old Colts and Geldings for 15,000 at Fairgrounds on February 23rd. That is paramount. That is a very strong uh, conditioned event that was going to play to horses that are multiple winners. 
Before I get back to the handicapping part, I want to just say I feel I'm getting in a zone at, at Churchill. And this happens every year. After Derby, it takes me about a week to figure out what's happening at Churchill Downs. And that'll happen to me at about every track. When you're using our products and we go to a new track, I love guys on opening day at Saratoga. Oh, I'm sending it in today. It's opening day, dude. You're going to tell me you have figured it all out before the meet ever started? I go in with some notions of what to do and what to use. But it takes me a little bit to figure out what's happening that first week. That first week of any meet is chaos week. So if you're going into an opening day anywhere and you're like going to send it in, you need to get drug tested. And you'll fail. So I'm getting, I'm, I think I'm feeling that I'm getting what's happening at Churchill. In fact, I feel like I do. I have to work harder on the analysis of the horse, where it fits with the conditions. And that's why I'm trying to tell you statistics. By going to statistics first, you're not looking at where that horse is placed. Before we get to looking at more horses and talking a little bit about when you're handicapping and what to do, RacingWithBruno.com, I like the Churchill cards today. We've got Santa Anita, Belmont, Gulfstream, and Churchill. We really should have hit the pick six, pick five, and pick four last night in the last part. Especially the late last pick five paid, I believe, $27,000. We had all the horses. Just how you structure your ticket. So go to RacingWithBruno.com, get your Churchill Downs. Gulfstream, Santa Anita, or Belmont for today. So, the biggest thing you can do before start looking at statistics is look at the conditions of the race. One that got by me was the fifth race yesterday at Churchill, and non-winners to two left time around two turns. And this is my mistake. I didn't trust Milton Town because I felt that in her two starts, in his two starts, Stewart stretched him out and didn't get the result he wanted. I kind of gave up on it. But if you sit back and look at it, you've got Sabrina's bling on the inside that's had multiple failures. Coworker has had multiple failures. Zing Zang has had multiple failures, and it's a $300,000 tap it, dropping into 50000 tells you the horse isn't any good. Just like Richie had multiple failures. These are all non-winners of two. Our alibi is the one that I thought would have a shot. I thought Treasure Trove was interesting, and I like Believe in Holidays, who never wins. So... My fault yesterday for not hitting the early pick four because I didn't believe in, in, in Dallas Stewart and Milton Town for GM, GMB Racing. That's his big client. He stretches them out, drops them to 50, horse wins. That was my fault. I did not look at that opportunity on a horse that probably was going to be able to be much tougher than, than what it showed. 
Another race yesterday that I thought was, was key was the eighth race. And that was a, I'm sorry, not the eighth race, the ninth race, pardon me, yesterday. This was for fillies and mares, three-year-olds and upward, non-winners of the race other than main claiming or starter or which have never won two races. If you go down the list, you got a number of non-winners two other than. All of them are non-winners too. What do you do? None of them really showed a whole lot of class. Bridal Temper at five, five seconds out of nine starts. Rockin' Ready is a horse I like, but he had four seconds. But I also liked the eight. She's on a warpath. Who, a declaration of war for Steve Margolis, a filly that only had four starts. Her first on the grass was a winning one. Now she stretches out. I like Declaration Awards stretching out. They're more of long-distance horses. And she's on a war path, was being ridden by Chantel Sutherland, which a lot of guys say, well, you know, she's not that great at shock. She's 4% on the turf. She says, listen, I've been around Chantel Sutherland. Chantel Sutherland is ridden for me. I know when to look for Chantel. When you put her on fillies. And what happens? She's on a warpath last time out in January at Fairgrounds. First time Chantel going on the first time turf, Philly responds. How do I know that? <clears throat> I had Chantel on two first time starters in, in California. In 08 on Conchettina, and I believe 09 on a filly that was a Washington bread that I had. I can't remember her name. They both won first time out, and we gambled on them. They both paid, I think one paid 27, the other one paid 32. Why? Because we knew that, I knew that Chantel was going to get the best out of those fillies first time out. In fact, the Washington bread one that I ran around to, uh, that I ran first time out, I ran her in a $100,000 claiming, main claiming race, first out. Adam Kitchenman then want a runner in there. Ah, oh, no, she doesn't fit in there. Well, I know those maiden $100,000 races are glorified $40,000 maiden claiming races. That's what they are. And sure enough, she won by three and paid a very nice price. So I have a little experience with Chantel going first time on Phillies. And now this Phillies coming back against Allowance Company. She's done less than anybody else wrong. Uh, very, very live horse. She's on a warpath. And, and that, again, was understanding a little bit more than just looking at statistics. If you're looking at too many of statistics and trainer percentages, you're missing the boat because you're not looking at the horse. Trainer's looking at the horse and deciding where to go, which may not agree with the statistics because that doesn't tell you anything on this horse. And what, here's what I mean. If, if you really want to have statistics, you've got to break it down to where it was. Steve Margolis was with Chantel Southern on a Philly second time on the grass. 
doesn't tell you, you can't break, nobody will break down those kind of statistics. Not even stats lens will break that down. Intuitiveness of understanding where that horse fits and understanding the horse. I've got a couple of horses like that at Churchill today that I like a lot and, and I'm looking forward to gamble on. Also, let's go back. People look at, like for example, in the seventh race, there was a uh, a five to one morning line horse for Brad Cox named Green Fleet. They're going to list statistics. Well, geez, Brad is twenty nine percent first time on the grass. Dirt to turf thirty three percent. Ooh, turf starts over thirty percent. Him and the jockey are thirty eight percent. Green Fleet is a bad horse. Green Fleet was a Baffert that could not run. He was at a fleet Alex that they spent $35,000 on. Bob ran him four times and said, what are you doing to me? You know, this horse can't run. You got to send him out of here. This horse was never any good. So you're looking at those statistics saying, oh, this is a great play. And I'm looking at it going, this horse can't run. And sure enough, don't even know where he finished yesterday. So understanding who the horse is before you look at the statistics will help you a ton. So that, that is another great important angle. How about all the tappets yesterday? Yesterday we had a number of tappets at Churchill. One of them was, I want to say in the fifth race started off, horse named Zing Zang, four-year-old colt, one-time winner, eligible for non-winners of two, ran 14 times, $300,000 tap it. Okay, if you get wowed by lots of zeros on auctions, you're a loser. Because as soon as a horse starts training, that doesn't mean anything anymore. So you're going to lose. Right off the bat. Also, at that time, Keeneland, September 2016, when this horse was bought for 300000 Tappet's stud price was 300000 You do the math. The breeder took a bath. Probably lost $100,000 in that whole deal. And Gainesway owned them, was the breeder. So Gainesway bred the horse, only sold for three hundred. The stud fee's three hundred. They made nothing. So they couldn't sell him. They sold him at the sale. They made 300 They broke even. Maybe lost a little bit of money. Moved on. It was two to one. Didn't fire one single iota. Let's move on over and I'll give you a couple other examples. There was another tappet. Oxberger. That ran in race seven. $900,000 tap it. Again, another one bought at the sales for a ton of money by Stone Street, who actually bred the horse. So here's a little insider to this. If they bred the horse and still own the horse and the horse owes $900,000, that means they sold the horse and kept a piece of them. So in other words, whoever bought in, either bought in for a third or a half, Stone Street was able to pay off the stud fee 
break even on the stud fee and make a little money on this. This horse is no good. He ran two times. He's a three-year-old. I think yesterday he hit the board. He's no good. It's another tap it at a high price tag that's still break it, not Broika's maiden as a three-year-old. Let's keep going. Let's see what else we had yesterday. There was another tap it, um, if I'm not mistaken, in the last race. And he ended up winning. Demon the Domain. Demon Demi Mondane, I guess. $675,000 tap it. Had not started as of May of his three year old season. Tried to get him ready in September last year. Had to give him time. Sent him to Houston. Had three works there. Then got to Churchill. Even though he won yesterday, this is the kind of horse I play against. Steve Asperson, first time starters, he wins at 19%. Dave, Dave Hughes at a mile, he's 13%. I don't trust those horses, though. He's telling you by stretching them out to a first time out that he doesn't think they can sprint. He did it with Gunnett, the $2 million tappet, didn't win first time out. He's done it with a number of horses. Yesterday, he won. But just because he won doesn't mean that would have been a good bet. That would have been a bad bet at that spot. He ended up paying 6-1, to one, so they must have not really liked him. I saw Steve in the winner's circle. He wasn't thrilled. You know, like, oh, yeah, we put one over. No, he was pretty much going, okay, how did this happen? So when you're looking at races and you're looking at statistics first, you're you're actually trying to find a way to lose. And when you're trying to find a way to lose, you're going to, first thing you're going to do is going to get the trainer percentage. My recommendation to you is stop looking at trainer's percentages and look at the horse. And does the horse fit the conditions? Because if they fit the conditions, the trainer's putting them in the right spot. And most trainers know where to run their horses. If you're sitting there, shaking your head, going, I don't know what Bruno's gone off the deep rock or telling me not to look at stats. Statistics are important. Yes, they are, if used correctly. I'm there every day. I watch how these guys train. I, I handicap every day. I watch where they're, where they're, where they're, 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 the horses are placed. All of them can't be Chad Browns. They can run all their horses in straight maidens. They run an allowance or run them in stakes. You've got to get creative. You've got to understand where your horse belongs. And I think those examples from yesterday are very important. There's quite a few today that I like off conditions. And that's what's winning at Churchill. I told you about a week and a half ago, I'm trying to figure out what's going on at Churchill and how to play it. I got it down now. I get it. You got a handicap. You can't just go by numbers. You can't just go by stats. Because what's happening, 
real handicapping has to take place at Churchill Downs. So, heed my words. Do your workout. Do your do what we were meant to do from the beginning, and that's handicap the horse and the conditions, not the statistics that are placed there for us to look at and then looking at the horse. If you're doing it that way, you're doing it backwards. Look at the horse, look where he belongs, read the conditions, see if it fits, how does the trainer fit into this. The trainer entered the horse, so you know he's putting the horse in a spot that he thinks that horse can run. There's your stat right there. Trainers don't go by stats, by the way. When they start reading their own stats, they're in trouble. Greatest example, and I'll leave you with this. One morning in the 1990s, I walked into Baffert's tack room, and I had just printed out my statistics on trainers on the grass. And he looked up at me, and, I, and he goes, let me see those. And he looked at his own. He looked where he was. He was winning at 20% on the grass. I knew it all along, he said. That deal, your deal. Just tells me what I knew all along. I'm a turf trainer. That's Bob Baffert in a nutshell. That sense of humor. Sarcasm. Have a good day.